On this episode, we give our first impressions of the all new 2019 Honda Passport. Then we discuss a new loyalty rewards program for Ford owners. And finally, we answer your questions, including one that asks, is there really a difference between all wheel drive systems? Next on Talking Cars. Hey, welcome back. I'm Keith Barry. I'm Jake Fisher. I'm Mike Quincy. And today we got a ton of stuff to get through. I'm really excited about the car that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we got a really interesting one on the track. But first, uh, we're going to talk uh, about some news. Ford has added this new owner rewards loyalty program. They announced uh, that they're going to be debuting it in the near future. Now, details are, are a little bit slim, but it's part of the Ford Pass app, which is open to people who own Ford cars. And it sounds like it's going to be kind of like a Starbucks rewards or like a CVS Extra Care, um, one of these loyalty programs. And I'm interested in that because loyalty programs, I do stupid things because of lo- <laughs> I, I'm the guy who takes like three segment flights uh, just to get like two extra miles so I can get a free cheese plate <laughs> once a year, you know? So, I, and, and, and I'm curious as to, you know, we haven't seen a car company do this, but almost everyone is, is coming up with these loyalty programs. So, I mean, what do, you, what do you folks think of these things? You know, you think it's going to work or do you think it's going to con people? Do you think it's a good deal? Well, it's, it's not really actually, it's not really a new thing. I mean, when, I, when we talked about this, this story and I, I read the article that you provided, it reminded me of the, the, the GM BuyPower credit card. My Which, father had one of those, right. and he accumulated a ton of points, and then he went out and bought a Volvo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, I think it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of these reward programs. It puts the burden kind of on the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm part of the, uh, let's see, it's the Hilton Honors Program. So mm-hmm. I check into a hotel, and I'm supposed to get a certain number of points. Mm-hmm. And they always ask me for like my honors number. And of course, I don't know the number. And they have my name, and they have my cell phone number, they have my email address. And they say, well, if you don't have your number, we can't credit your account. You gotta well, memorize so, your so, number. Oh, right. It's so it's on no. me. So I, I don't know. To well, me, it doesn't. It, I don't really get into this well, stuff. I write down the number on my phone, so I have access to it. But 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 but, but I, I do have an issue with some of these these reward programs because I, I think you hit it right on. Is that it kind of forces you to make maybe a worse decision because like oh I get points for this one as opposed to kind of looking at what your options are. So. This is really kind of keyed into like, okay, getting service and getting repairs and yeah, all and that. I got to say we don't we don't know a ton about. I mean, I reached out to Ford and they promised to get me a little more information on it. But okay. right now it's just sort of preliminary. But it sounds like you're going to get points for getting service done. So when it comes to service, I mean, if if it does mm. look like that's really what it's about, um, we have done research and we've done surveys and looked about you know, where are people happiest when they get their service done? And it turns out it's not necessarily their dealerships. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. if you have your car under warranty, yeah, go to the dealership. It's free. It's, but once yeah. you're out of there um, and you're looking at that, you're you're better off actually going to an independent shop. Mm-hmm. Um, we find that people who go to independent shops for their service and repairs, they're paying less money, they're happier with their service. And actually, even when we look at um, the OEMs, when we look at like the actual manufacturers, uh, Ford isn't so hot in terms okay. of being happy with your service repair there. So, um, in fact, o- almost all of the um, independent shops are actually going to 
yield better choices. So, so I am not one that goes and goes out of my way and try to, to get the, the three stopovers. I mm. mean, when I go and I travel, I go for the cheapest airline and I'll save a couple of hundred bucks and even I don't have a card for them. And I think that's probably maybe still you're going to be your best advice. I think it's, it's the only way I can, I can have any status in the world is, is, by, <laughs> is by, I got my mileage plus member, uh, number memorized. That's that's right. Right. You get, you get, right. you get right. the m yeah. Yeah, 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 you the, get the free. Uh, but it was nice. just funny how you gave the example of your dad. I mean, I mean, my my wife back when we used to get a lot of coupons from the newspapers. You know, she would she would gather up her coupons. She'd go to the store, and sometimes there would be a mail-in rebate, and she'd say, "I had a coupon, and they doubled the coupons, and a mail-in rebate, and it's actually free." Like, well, what did you wind up buying? You know, twenty-seven um, you know pounds of wheat germ. Well, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, are you really using? You, and you, you know, know saving do you, do you money, like but term? Uh, well, no, not okay. anymore. Not, not anymore. That's after twenty-seven pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, my fiber intake is good. <laughs> That's all we need to hear about that. So, that. okay. So if you're if you're you're looking to up your fiber intake, uh, talk to Quincy <laughs> or the but, Ford um, app. I don't know. Yeah, the Ford app. Stay stay tuned because we're gonna look into this more. Because you know, it to me, it sounds like the sort of thing where if you're getting the service done anyways, you might as well earn some points. You know, if someone's going to give me some coupons, I'm going to take them. But it sounds like don't go out of your way to try and become a, a you know, elite with <laughs> at your Ford dealer. You might be able to save hundreds actually going somewhere else. So don't yeah. worry about the extra points. All right. So moving on from Ford, uh, we rented the new Passport from Honda. That's a name that's kind of returning, um, but it's an all new car. Uh, it, it's it's an SUV. It's about 40 and change. We're going to be buying one soon, very very soon. But this one we rented it from. Honda, it's it's brand new. What what, what is this? Don't doesn't Honda already have two SUVs? You can never have enough SUVs. <laughs> that's what I mean. It, that's what we know about our market. Is, yeah. That's what we call this SUV fatigue. But yeah, well, yeah. maybe it's our it's, SUV fatigue. Yeah, it's there. It's, it's, it's America. It's what people SUV are buying. But I mean, people, I'll, I'll give you that. America can't, can't has a, has a, and the only prescription is is more SUVs. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fever. Yeah, <laughs> the only prescription. Yeah. no, and it's like it's every single segment, right? There's subcompact ones. There's medium large. There's everything. Um, That's right. Honda actually has has more than three. They have the a HRV. Honda HRV, which is a tiny yeah. one. And so the now CRV, they've got four. And then the Passport could, and the Pilot. Should be the Passport RV. You know, sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, moving. Yes. You, yes. Passport's so, been revoked. Um, <laughs> well, so, so look, let's talk about what it is. So what is it, right? It's not a small SUV. It's not, I mean, the midsize, I mean, here's what happened, right? The midsize SUVs, they kind of grew up. And everyone's like, okay, we've got to throw in a, a third row. Uh, seat. So, so those are like the Highlanders. The Highlander, the, the Pilot. Yeah. And well, not everyone needs a third row seat. So they're like, okay, well, let's go come up with a tweener. It's not a small SUV, not a midsize SUV. And there are only a few really in the market. I mean, like a Nissan Murano is mm -hmm. a good example. Um, the Ford Edge is yep. an example. And we're seeing- Santa Fe, right? And now the yeah. well, and the Santa Fe is kind of right there now too. Tweener. I mean, it used mm -hmm. to be a, a three row. So it's like, there's this new segment that's kind of like, it's big, but it doesn't have the third row, and, and I think we're seeing more competitors in that spot. So what do we what do we think about this? Because I, I mean, I have some thoughts, and especially about this particular car. Right. But I mean, do you think you think it's going to sell? You, I mean, yeah, of course. It's well, it sell. seems like any yeah. any SUV sells these days, which is why manufacturers are putting that's what people are buying. I get that. Uh, uh, for me, uh, I, I really liked the Passport because it reminded me of the Ridgeline. This is one of my favorite pickup trucks. Uh, it, it drives uh, really well, a little noisy. Some of the controls I'm not um, wild about, but to me, the, the combination of the visibility, um, 
and uh, the, the usability. What I love about the Passport is it has a, a pretty big cargo hold, especially uh, folding down uh, the rear seats. Now, in, in my household, my kids are bigger and older, so I'm almost never utilizing a third row seat. That would not, that would not get a lot of use in my house. Mm. I'm going to utilize the, the, uh, the, the cargo hold. For which, wheat germ. Which is, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you, if you take it out of the box, you can put a lot in there. Yeah. No, um, it's, I, I actually really, really liked this, uh, this vehicle, uh, and it kind of reminded me of kind of a, a modern and more refined Forerunner, because it was kind, it's kind of like a wagon, you know, no third row seat, but I mean, it doesn't have the Forerunner's off-road chops, probably. Mm. But, but I, I, It's supposed I, to look rugged. I found, yeah, I, I found this to be a, a very functional uh, vehicle. I liked how it drove. But I mean, but but here's here's the thing that I that I don't like about it is that it is I mean I looked at some of the measurements and of course we do our own measurements. Um, as far as cargo is concerned, you're talking about oh it fits so much more cargo than it only has two more cubic feet of cargo space over a CRV, and a CRV gets much much better gas mileage. In fact, um, now we're going to do our own tests for 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 fuel economy and and you know give a, a more real world world real world easy for me to say number but um, looking at the EPA estimates it looks like the pilot get the pilot get actually the, the larger three row pilot gets better fuel economy than the passport so it makes you wonder what is honda doing with this yeah right? yeah well yeah. look i i'm i'm totally with, with you on this i mean it just to me like crv CRV is a very functional vehicle. I mean, yes, it's called a small SUV, but it, there's nothing really small about it. There's plenty of room, mm. uh, especially fold down the seat. There's plenty of room in there. I don't think a lot of people are filling that up. It's like, okay, I need a, the extra two cubic feet. Yeah. But to me, I mean, let's talk about what it is. I mean, you're, you're right to compare it to the Ridgeline because basically from the from the seats, the front seats up, it is a Ridgeline. It's also a Pilot. They're very similar vehicles with different back. And to me, if I'm going to drive a vehicle that size, I like the Ridgeline because I have the option of, I got that open bed. I got to throw my bikes in the back and dirty stuff. You can't or, put a dog back there, though. <clears throat> I don't have a dog. Yeah. Um, but then I, I can put my dog in my... That's if you Or if you have a pilot, mm -hmm. you've got the third row seat if you need it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've got, you're actually getting something for that extra size. Whereas this, it seems like you're getting something bigger, but you're not really getting something for that extra size. You're, you're paying, you're paying the fuel, mm -hmm. but and you're not, not getting cheap. the function. You're not yeah. getting the additional function that you might get with a pickup truck bed or a, a, a three row SUV. And I think ultimately the people who are looking at this would just be fine with a CRV, which is a nicer driving experience and better fuel economy. So, so I'm not totally convinced about this size, whether or not it makes sense for consumers. I do recognize people might want something bigger because they want it, but now we're getting into want versus need, and yeah. I'm not going to second guess anything. And, you know, it's uh, uh, the last thing we needed or, or more sort of gas-guzzling cars on the road, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. for me, like, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Ridgeline. I would love to get a, a CRV Ridgeline. Yeah. I mean, I would love a that. Small, a small-ish pickup. Oh, my God. Sure. I mean, that would suit my needs, but, I mean, it's not as, you know, rough and tumble, of course. So. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and that, that is part of, the, part of the, the, the sales pitch for the Passport is that it looks rougher. It has, you know, that body cladding. It's supposed to look a little more right. aggressive. <clears throat> but you know, on, the, on the Jake's <clears throat> point, we just had a moment of silence for the Subaru Baja. You know? Oh, so. my gosh. But that, well, small, I, I, small pickup truck? But that was a bed that was like kind of right. Like, but but, but that's the first thing I in. thought yeah. of when you said a, a CRV pickup. I was like, oh, the Baja. Mm, I remember that. Right. Right. The, the, sure. Anyway. And, and any I, color I, I you want, want as long as it's bright yellow. <laughs> 
I'm gonna design, no. we're gonna start designing our own cars. Cause I want, <laughs> maybe I want like a GTI with four doors and then a bed like, I mean, Volkswagen used to have the pickup truck bodied by add, Jake Fisher. We're, we're designing we our own cars. We're gonna, <laughs> no wind one, up, we're gonna wind up with the Homer Mobile. No one okay. would buy them. Yeah, find no. the graphic of the Homer Mobile, yeah. guys. I think I'll know where All right, we've run out of things to say. Let's go to you. <laughs> We've, we've, we very clearly need your help. So, mm -hmm. uh, Dave Abrams, can you roll a video? We need a question here, please. Um, my question is, how long does gasoline maintain its octane level once it's in your tank? And if it takes you, say, three months to go through a whole tank, is that long enough to, to consider moving up an octane level to uh, avoid potential engine knocking and other problems? Mark, great question. Thanks for sending in a video. We actually have a lot of video questions today. Uh, and if you want to be uh, on Talking Cars with a video question, send it to talkingcars at iCloud.com. Uh, that's, that's how you become as famous as we are. So uh, for, for whatever that means. Uh, so let's get to your question. So if it takes a long time to get through a tank of gas, should you move up an octane level? Uh, octane, is that really what we're talking about here? No. Okay. I mean, first of all, I mean, the time frame that he's talking about, I mean, you really don't have to worry about. Um, I mean, you're talking about a year until you're really concerned about old gas. Um, but also, octane is kind of a weird thing. I mean, octane, I mean, to a lot of people, it's like, oh, higher octane is like better or more pure. Mm. It doesn't work like that. I mean, a higher octane actually means it's more resistant to burning. So it's not even a... It's not like, like grades of meat. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's right. Like great grades of wheat germ. Yeah, it's not like AAA prime <laughs> or yeah. how pure your vodka is or yeah. the percentage of alcohol. It's not. Oh, like new that. testing by us. Sorry, no. go ahead. So, so, so that's not really a concern. Older gas, you could get where it gums up, and there's other issues that'll be associated with it, but not in this time frame. I wouldn't worry about it at all, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't move up to a to a higher higher grade. And what about someone who has like an, an even uh, you know car sitting for even longer? They're going away for the winter, or maybe someone who has as a plug-in hybrid and that gas is sitting there well, for that, a Well, that's, that's actually what I thought <laughs> yeah. this question was about. I thought, he, I thought this person was describing uh, their Chevrolet Volt where they hardly ever, you know, use, <clears throat> utilize the gas engine and turned out it's, you know, it's an F-150, so. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, if, if look, if you're going to have the car sit for, I mean, over a year, Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you're really concerned. I mean, there are products like fuel stabilizers, and you you put some fuel stabilizer in in your tank, and that'll make sure that it doesn't degrade or or anything like that. But again, it's not even an octane issue. It's more about gumming up or yeah, moisture. But it's kind of like yeah. anyone who has like a snowblower yeah. or, or a lawnmower. They put some fuel stabilizer in it because you're not you're gonna put it away for a year or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same kind of thing. But you know, putting premium in your lawnmower is not gonna help you. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Uh, all right, second question. Hey there, Talking Cars. Uh, just sitting here from my new Genesis G70. I absolutely love it. And with the 8-track system, I consider it a great winter car. Now, I was watching a review, and this reviewer said that Consumer Reports said the Subaru Impreza had the best all-wheel drive system. So I was wondering, how does it compare to the Genesis system? What are the differences? And who makes the better all-wheel drive systems? Thank you. So he loves the G70. We, we like it. You drove the G70 last night in our sort of first little snowstorm of the. Yep, yep. What, so what do you think? Well, so 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 first of all, I mean, getting into like who makes the best four-wheel drive, right, or yeah. all-wheel drive. Um, you know, there is some facts. In fact, we in terms of Subarus, right? Mm -hmm. So we have done some surveys and we have asked people uh, about their experiences with their 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 vehicles and. 
lo and behold, people with Subarus are like, wow, this is really, really impressive in the snow. Not now, when they're using snow tires. How much of that is the fact that Subaru's advertising is essentially, well, you are really special. You are driving a Subaru. It is all-wheel drive. The beauty of all-wheel drive. You are a Subaru owner and really hitting you over the head. I mean, do these people now they're sort of self-identify as... Well, I mean, obviously it's a big deal when you get a Subaru. I mean, it's how many vehicles for virtually everything is, is, is all-wheel drive other yeah. than your sports car. But... Um, but the truth is, is that there is mechanical reasons why Subaru's all-wheel drive is different from most vehicles' mm -hmm. all-wheel drive. So most all-wheel drive vehicles are basically, they're basically front-drive cars. And when there's some slipping, they throw some power in the rear. That's how most all-wheel drive works. That's not a bad thing because it prevents you from getting stuck if there's some slipping. In fact, um, the uh, all-wheel drive Prius is coming out and, mm -hmm. and that's all-wheel drive. But you know what? It actually doesn't do anything above like 45 miles per hour. It's just basically to help you make sure you don't get stuck. Um, now when it comes to Subaru, they actually, the way they're designed, it's actually power <coughs> to all the wheels basically So this is the what time. they call their symmetrical all-wheel right, drive. Right, right. And it's actually more similar to a vehicle like the G70, which is basically a rear drive based vehicle. Mm -hmm. So it's not, the G70, again, it's not one of these systems where it's like only front drives and then throws some in the back. It's actually uh, more balanced. But again, what are you using it for? You know, I mean, when you're talking about all wheel drive and four wheel drive systems, you're not going to the Rubicon with the G70. No. Um, I mean, generally, any of these systems are going to get you where you need to go. Mm -hmm. And they're going to help a lot. But more importantly is probably... It's all about tires. It's yeah. all about tires, right? Yeah. And this is one of your favorite things to talk about. Well, I mean, no yeah. question. I mean, certainly uh, living here in the, in the Northeast, uh, we, we, we get questions from friends and neighbors all the time. You know, I need all-wheel drive and blah, blah, blah. And, and a lot of times they just think that's going to save them from, from anything that happens in the winter. Um, but, but we have all driven cars like the Mitsubishi Evo, the Subaru WRX STI, <laughs> the, the Audi TT which has all which has all wheel drive but performance tires mm -hmm. they're absolutely useless in the snow i mean I'd, I'd much rather have a front wheel drive vehicle with all season or winter tires than a performance car with those kinds of, of rubber on the road uh, i mean my, my brother-in-law had an early 2000s uh nissan maxima and he said oh it's a terrible snow car mm. it's not the car that makes it a terrible snow car. Yeah, so, 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 yeah. so I mean, very specifically, I mean, you're, you're right, it, it's about tires. So I don't care what kind of all-wheel drive system you have, none of them are gonna help you stop. Right. Um, that's about your tires and that's about your grip. And on the G70, be careful, because the higher trim models actually come with summer tires. So oh, I don't yeah. care mm. if you have all-wheel drive, but if you're gonna try to hit the brakes with, all, with just summer tires, it ain't gonna be good. All right, yeah. All right, question answered. All right, let's move up to another one. Hi, Talking Cars. This is T2 from California. I really love your show with the insights. Mike Quincy is my favorite. Uh, I had a question about adaptive cruise control. Uh, the one on my Honda Civic, which came with the sensing package, I find it, find it both uh, not smooth or reliable in uh, low-speed traffic, where I need it the most when I'm uh, in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. Uh, can you recommend uh, the best adaptive cruise control out there? My friends tell me Hyundai and Kia make much better ones. Please comment. Thank you. 
Well, you're the favorite, so why don't you answer this one for us? I, you know, I guess, I guess the, the check that my wife sent you cleared. I don't know. Uh, thank you. That was very, very kind. Um, I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine that his, his car probably didn't have the, the stop-and-go semi-autonomous system. Uh, with, you know, I, I, I love adaptive cruise control. I use it all the time. I think they have evolved over time. I think when they first started coming on cars, uh, you'd, you'd be in a line of traffic, and you, you look to your left, and you see an opening, and you, you pull out. And the adaptive cruise is like, oh, look at that. Oh, open road. And, and the, the engine Floor. starts wailing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Uh, I think that the, the way that they come back up to speed are getting uh, a bit more subtle. But, uh, but, I mean, Jake, you've had a lot of experience uh, you know, testing the semi-autonomous systems. And this probably isn't exactly uh, what he's referring to. Well, first but... of all, there, there are no semi-autonomous systems. Um, there's automation, right? So these are automated systems, right? And ACC, automatic... Uh, I'm going to get the terminology wrong. <laughs> Adaptive <laughs> cruise control. control. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, this is what we're talking about. And the truth is that there are differences with these systems. Um, now, it's a little bit, I, I, Mike is exactly right, in terms of the stop and go functionality. That's twice in one podcast. I was exactly I'm not right. saying right. my favorite. Exactly right. right. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just the host there yet. <laughs> but, um, but look, stop and go. Yeah, absolutely. That makes these systems nicer because if you're using the system and all of a sudden it bombs out when you hit 20 miles per hour and it says beep, 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 take over, it, it, it's, it's not the full package. I mean, these systems make, as someone who used to, I, I, at one point I had an hour commute in stop and go traffic and these systems made life so much easier. Absolutely. I mean, just, and I'm, but the difference is also, <clears throat> they perform differently. I mean, they're just all programmed differently. It's not that necessarily some are better than others. I think some, you know, traffic is different in different places. And in California, your stop and go traffic might be different than your New York stop and go traffic. Well, and, and, and look, I mean, none of yeah. these can, can really tell, read your mind. Mm. So, I mean, what we have done uh, plenty of surveys on systems like this, and there's just as many people complaining about they're too slow to react to, they're too abrupt to react. Mm -hmm. So, so they don't know if you're in a hurry or not. And you can't make everyone happy. <clears throat> so you can't make everyone <laughs> yeah. happy. But the truth is, is that stop and go, look for a system that has stop and go. Also, don't assume that all Honda systems work like this or all Toyota systems work like this. Because the truth is the technology is evolving so quickly that different vehicles in that lineup, different models may operate differently, different trims in mm -hmm. that model might operate differently and different years they may change the technology and how they operate so if this is a you know something that you're really interested in take a test drive yeah. try to try to operate it see if it's going to suit your needs and look for a one that has stop and go yeah narrow it down to the cars that that you want to mm -hmm. buy in the first place regardless sure and right. then go out and take these cars on the roads you're going to be driving and and in traffic you know I mean, i'm sure the salespeople will love that oh absolutely yeah. features like this you know make you, it, it your your list of wants when you go new car shopping you know seems to, to get longer and longer these days because cars keep getting better and better and certainly for me if if I were to buy a car, I would definitely want adaptive cruise control because it's not it's not standard or even available in every car. So yeah, so yeah, test it out and don't discount all Hondas just because you don't love the way that yours works. Right. So That's good right. question. Let's move on to another one. Question for you guys: I am looking for a pickup truck, uh, looking to spend about fifteen to twenty thousand. Um, not looking for any particular size. Uh, my main concerns are reliability. Um, I'm looking for luxury amenities like, you know, uh, climate control as well as, you know, in a good infotainment system. Uh, Apple CarPlay would be great. I'm looking to keep the car for a long time. Um, and the, I don't 
I work from home, so I don't drive too much. So, um, yeah, looking for some suggestions and your opinions on um, what what I should uh, focus on. And, uh, yeah, again, keep up the great work. Have a good one. All right, Joe, it sounds like you have a lot of things that, that you want. So uh, let's narrow it down. Pickup trucks, right up my alley. Um, uh, uh, great question. Uh, I, would, I would say if, you, if, if reliability, I think you, you mentioned that as being one of the most important things. Uh, I would say definitely look at the 2009 to 2015 Toyota Tacoma, which is really reliable, great off-roader. This is a crude pickup. This is noisy. This is rough riding. There's nothing refined about this. There's nothing luxurious about this. But uh, it does kind of fulfill the criteria that you're talking about, if uh, if the if the Tacoma is a bit too rough for your for your tastes, I would look at a 2009 to 2014 Honda Ridgeline. We love keep the coming back yeah. to the Honda Ridgeline. And it sounds like he, it sounds like what he, it's occasional driving, but mostly a little work around the house. Right, and, and this is this That's is this is kind of a, an easy to live with pickup truck, uh, very reliable. Uh, not everyone is sold on the styling first generation Ridgeline. I thought it was like mm, it's a little mm, odd looking, which I don't think it helped. Honda selling them, so finding a lot of used Ridgelines might be more of a, of a challenge. Now, what about like the infotainment and the CarPlay and the stuff that he so, said? You're so not going to get that in those cars. No, you're not. But what's interesting is you mentioned the Tacoma, and the Tacoma, I mean, that generation Tacoma is is a vehicle that's been around forever. So I mean, it it doesn't drive very nice. But again, um, it's old. Mm. Which means a couple of things. One, it means no, you don't have the technology. But two, it is super reliable. Yeah. I mean, it's a vehicle that you know you can fix it with a rock if it ever falls falls apart. But but um, one thing is 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 the head unit. Mm. So the head unit is kind of like where the radio goes. And almost all new cars now, it's kind of like this flat screen display that pops out of the dashboard. But this older truck is actually what they call a double din. So it's mm. actually a radio that slides out, which means you could get an aftermarket radio and put in your latest technology. And actually, if you go to an aftermarket radio, so if you're interested in like CarPlay, for instance, um, you could get wireless CarPlay, which is which something you only like BMW. Right. Now, right? <laughs> so you could actually have better technology in your old pickup truck than virtually any of the cars have today. And yeah. my 19-year-old my son <clears throat> has uh, adapters for his phone in our 2002 Camry and our 2006 Subaru. So yeah, you can you can you can do an end around with this uh, technology thing. Now normally I say if you're looking for all those things and, and right away that you buy, you know that you lease instead of buy, um, because there are some insanely good lease deals on trucks. But that's because trucks tend to not uh, really depreciate that much, and that's especially the case with the Tacoma. Um, and I mean I looked at you can get a ten year old Tacoma that is still worth like you know five thousand seven thousand um, dollars. So if you're spending fifteen thousand for uh, 2009 to 2015, you're going to be able to sell that car after 10 years and you will have spent maybe, you know, six grand mm. owning this thing, right. uh, especially if it's reliable. So yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'd have to agree with you. Well, I hope that answers your question. I hope we answered all your questions today. If you want to learn more, uh, you know, because we're kind of time limited here, go to the show notes and you'll find links to all our reviews and, and more information. And if you have a question for us, uh, send it to TalkingCars at iCloud.com. We've got a lot of questions, but we're steadily working through the backlog. So we haven't forgotten about you. Thanks so much. We'll, we'll see you soon.